Hey there, and welcome to Inside the Cowboys. I'm your host, John Williams. You can find me on Twitter at John9Williams, and you can read my work over at InsideTheStar.com. And joining me today for this post-week one version of Inside the Cowboys, we got Mike White at Not To Be Trite. Mike, say what's up to the people. Hello, hello. And also joining us uh, for a very special return after he joined me over at the Harvest House last fall for what was a glorious Cowboys win is Dalton Miller. Dalton, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter and your work. All right, yeah, you can find me at Dalton B. Miller on Twitter, same as Twitch, and you can find my work at the Pro Football Network um, and my podcast on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Hey, man, glad to have you back. And unfortunately, we get to – uh, talk about a very disappointing Cowboys loss in week one to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to have a brief moment of silence for what is now the end of Blake Jarwin's season. Okay, now enough of that. Mike, uh, first give us your impressions, just kind of overall take from take away from the game on Sunday. It looked like the 2018 playoff game, just with different people on the field. You couldn't stop a screen pass. You couldn't you couldn't tackle to save your life. They got 200 yards after contact by throwing behind the line of scrimmage on you. They had 100% success rate throwing short left to five different targets. They targeted the short left and the short right 11 times. They had two catches on the right. They had nine catches on the left. And they just they took it, it. They just tore us up. And the offense come. Our offense came out. And first half, you were okay. You know, you you were clicking around like ten point six yards per pass, and you know four four and a half yards per run, which is you know still not a pass, but it's not exactly terrible. And then you come out after the second half, and you we finally get halftime adjustments, but it's the wrong way. You come out and you're running the ball. You run the ball ten times in the first half on 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 the second half on first down for like 3.2 yards per carry. Then in the passing game was, was clicking. They couldn't, they couldn't stop you. So that's, that part is confusing. Then we lose Jarwin and then we got to put Schultz out there. And I don't even know what that dude's still on the team. That's, that's about where I'm at right now. Yeah. It's, it definitely had some reminiscent feelings of the 2018 loss in the, in the divisional round. And I, I just kind of gotten this impression that, you know, the, the 2019 game was kind of an aberration. Otherwise, the Los Angeles Rams under Sean McVay, they're just a bad matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. Dalton, kind of give us your impressions and your takeaways from the game on Sunday. Yeah, they are a bad matchup because for whatever reason, these linebackers can't play assignment sound football. And the, the safeties are much of the same way. Now, I, I didn't really notice Xavier Woods going off on his own and, and going into no man's land. But man, Darian Thompson was, I mean, exactly what I thought he was going to be. He was going to be a below serviceable safety, and that's just kind of the way that it was. Now, I'm not going to really rip him for getting run over on the goal line. That happens sometimes. Right. Um, he's a box safety, so you would like that to not happen. But, like, Earl Thomas isn't helping that. Now, Jamal Adams could have helped that possibly, um, but that's an entirely different story. I just think that the, the motion behind the line of scrimmage – um, it's particularly after the snap of the ball, like when they're doing uh, split zone concepts where the H-back goes across the face and they run play action. For some reason, 
we completely lose that guy moving across the line of scrimmage um, behind the, the offensive line. And he just goes out to the flats for an easy catch and turn up field. Um, and then we had difficulties tackling. So defensively, it was just poor all around um, in that aspect. Now, they ended up not running the ball super effectively when you look at you know the yards per carry at the end of the game. Um, but man, some of those runs that they were able to bust off simply because Jalen Smith overcommitted. And I'm, I'm to the point where with him, listen, I think that Jalen Smith as a football player is a starting caliber linebacker. I think that Jalen believes he's still the same Jalen from Notre Dame and he can make these otherworldly plays and he instantly and consistently tries to make these plays that no linebacker in the NFL at this point that I know with Luke Keekley gone can make these plays, but he still in his brain believes he can, and he puts himself in horrific situations because of it. Yeah, there were just a couple plays, speaking of Jalen Smith, that just really stood out. And the, the first one was the the Jared Goff bootleg that, again, reminiscent of the 2018 divisional round loss where Jared Goff slow as molasses is turning the corner and able to pick up yardage and Jalen Smith is just chugging away and just looked like he was running through quicksand and just could not get any momentum going. And then the other one was the Tyler Higby, uh, you know, short slant and Jalen really just didn't have an answer for that. And, you know, I, I don't like to pile on a guy and I definitely want to see more from him because it is week one of the season, but those were just two plays where it definitely raised some concerns uh, but before we, you know, get into the defense too much, let's talk about the offense because there were some good things, but really overall it was a lot of inconsistency. And some of that comes from maybe starting somebody like Terrence Steele at right tackle. But Mike, kind of tell us what what did you think of the offense and what went wrong, what went right? Um, where did they go from here? I, I I just I don't know why they did it. What they are on their first down ratio in the first half, they were throwing a 63% of the other other downs and they were literally, it was 90% success rate at 10.6 yards for get for, for toss. And then their run game was working decent. And then they come back out of the half and they totally flip that. They go 63% on the run. And then the passing just goes, just disappears. They ran it. They actually ran less on first down than the Rams did, but the Rams had more success out of it because they just don't line up and play man-on-man, man. we're going to run it down your throat football. The couple of times they tried to go out wide left with Zeke, they had success on it, but the rest of the time it, they were just bashing their head into the wall. And I don't they, – they didn't attack the seam at all, which that's got to you know be something with Jarwin going down. But still, it's just that's just another excuse. You're back to excuse football. We lost one guy. We can't do that anymore. Right. Good teams find a way. Like, what do you figure it out? You're supposed to be, you know, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore. You're supposed to be these whiz kids. Mike McCarthy literally has a Super Bowl ring. Now he got let go from Green Bay from getting back into a rut. And he supposedly spent the entire offseason looking at analytics and this, that, and the other. Knows was We expected, we thought this team was going to come out and exploit the weakness of the other of the other defense for once. And they didn't do that at all. Yeah, they spent the the kind of the first part of the first half getting themselves behind a lot like what they did in 2019. But then they they threw themselves back into the game and mm -hmm. actually had a lead at halftime, something they didn't do much in 2019. They weren't able to get that lead at halftime. And then it seemed like a one-point lead to them was a 10-point lead. And as you said, they kind of went back into these 
old ways of running the football. And I don't know if that was a Terrence Steele effect, not not feeling comfortable with the protection that Connor Williams was providing at left guard, who started off strong, but then just started getting manhandled uh, by Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers in the middle. Um, Dalton, give us your impressions, your takeaways from the offense on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot of issues with it. The lack of play action was really concerning to me. Um, there was another, yet another situation where we see uh, Dak Prescott really start to get into a groove when it comes to getting uh, into the, the hurry-up offense. Um, I, I know Mike has the, the numbers um, from that pretty mm-hmm. handy, I'm sure. Um but he just cooks, man. When he's he, able he to was just, three, he, Dalton, he was three for three. When they were heading into the half, he three was three for three, three, for three for 69, half, right? for 69 yards. Yeah. Yeah. He was cooking. Yeah. And, and that's what he does. When he's able to go back, when he is able to, to drop back and not have any restrictions offensively, mm-hmm. he right. is a stud. I mean, we saw it with the pass to um, Michael Gallup late in the game that could have won the game for them or at least tied the game for them late in that football game. And unfortunately there, you know, there was the pass interference call, but when you just let Dak Prescott play football, he is a stud. We saw it last year when he was the mm-hmm. second best quarterback. And this was the second best offense on third and long situations, right? When he doesn't have to sit there and be conservative, he absolutely slings it. And we didn't see that in the second half. We got down you know, third down situations. And in those third down situations, when you don't have the offensive line to protect for you, because you don't have Lyle Collins who shows up to camp out of shape and then gets hurt on top of that. And you don't have Travis Frederick anymore, who I know guys, he didn't play all that great last year, but he's still better than Joe Looney. And you have Zach Martin who didn't have a good game. And you have Williams who, I mean, just got blown out of the water a couple of times. Uh, the offensive line, I mean, I know that we all kind of pile on PFF and their their grades, um, but they were the fifth worst offensive line in the league. Um, they love pressures and 40% of snaps. Yeah, and, and, and um, Aaron Donald alone pressured Dak Prescott on 10 of his 35 pass down <laughs> snaps. That but is a 28 and a half percent rate that is unbelievable and you know he is the best player on the football field so you have to stop that right um and and they just didn't and honestly man i like i thought terrence Steele had a pretty decent game up until the end but once they were able to pin their ears back once they you know really had to drive uh late in that game they weren't able to because terrence Steele just he's a rookie and he's a udfa rookie and he was a backup for a reason. And and Cam Irving was going to start for a reason, even though he isn't even a serviceable NFL player either. So it was just – it was a, a poor situation, and the play calling and lack of creativity offensively just kind of piled on everything. You know, it's amazing to me. We've I, w- I want to touch on one thing that you, you brought up, and that's Dak in the hurry up or in the no huddle offense. It's amazing to me that now we've got four years in a game. So that's what he's played 67, 68 NFL games now. And we've seen Dak Prescott in the hurry up or in the no huddle a lot. Uh, some because they got behind, some because they just they actually decided, hey, you know what? We're going to go no huddle here. And he's great at it. He's excellent in no huddle. Why they don't decide to use that more often is beyond me. 
I mean, he he gets them in good play calls, in good situations. Even if he decides to hand it to Zeke, he usually puts them in a good position to run it. Um, he, he, like you said, he just deals out of no huddle. And why, um, whether it's Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, why we haven't seen that on a more regular basis. And I've always argued that they should use that to start the football game as opposed to yes. whatever whatever play exactly. script they come up with. Just hey, say, Dak, you design the play script. Let's just put you in whatever you feel comfortable doing the first 15 plays of the game, and then we'll see where we're at. You can't um, you can't stay in it the entire time. But 2019, he he went 58 to 86 for five touchdowns. Yeah, that's what else? I mean, and and then you know you, back to the Dalton was talking about play action. He had 10 passing attempts in play action last for, in that game for 122 yards. Unreal. What else? Do you, uh, and they they just refused to use it. The only the only other person had more play action yards this weekend in all the games was Josh Allen, and it took him twenty attempts to get there. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, it, it just blows my mind that they decide to go away from some of the things that that worked for them and at least got them the lead, and then opted to kind of go away from that. But we spent a lot of time talking about some of the things that were frustrating, uh, and I know that there are some other things we can talk about as well. Um, one thing I do want to mention and bring up, and, and Dalton, you, you spoke on it a little bit, was the play of Michael Gallup. And I was just really impressed with him on, on Sunday. You know, we, we've kind of, I think a lot of people have kind of, I don't want to say written him off, but maybe underrated him a little bit coming into the season because of Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Uh, but man, he had a game. There were several mm-hmm. times where he just, he worked Jalen, Jalen Ramsey. And not just on that deep ball down the sideline, but then there was that one, it was a, I don't know, 10 yard curl route that he, you know, Jalen came over the back on him and, and Michael Gallup just kind of shook him off and then got some yak after the, after the reception. Um, he was very impressive. Dalton, who was a player that was, that kind of stood out to you that was impressive to you on the offensive side of the football? Um, I'm not going to take Mike's cause I, I think I might know who he's going to talk about. I'm, I'm going to go with the running back, man. Zeke slim Zeke is, is a real thing. Um, and everybody knows my feelings at this point on the running back position as a whole, um, paying running backs, um, drafting them high, um, how replaceable they are. But that man looked the best he has since 2016. And I think that you really have to commend him uh, for the first time in his career coming into a season. Because even in 2016, when he came in, he wasn't the Ezekiel Elliott that we saw last night. He uh, worked his way into it. Yeah, well, exactly, because he's the mayor of Uptown. <laughs> um, and I think that this is kind of the first year where he and, – and I don't know if it's COVID-related that he wasn't, you know, able to go out and do all of that. Um, I, I know that you can obviously, you know, have house parties and things of that nature and get away with that kind of stuff. But he came in in shape. He came in a little bit smaller – Uh, than he has in the past and it really showed when he got the ball in his hands because that offensive line was not opening up many gaps for him in the run game and he was still able to churn yards out he was still able to get yards after contact that we didn't see him getting early last season so I was really really proud uh, of what I saw from Ezekiel Elliott last night or Sunday night yeah just to follow up to that do you think that some of what we're seeing out of Zeke and just kind of his body style at this point is by design because we've kind of anticipated that they're going to start using a lot more 11 personnel uh, under Mike McCarthy and with their three-headed monster at wide receiver. Do you think that they decided, you know what, hey, Zeke, go, go slim down a little bit. Get lighter so we can use you in more 11. Uh, 
he did that on his own, but he, you know, Dak built that field and, you know, Zeke by his own admission said he didn't do any backfield work this offseason. He's been kept working on catching passes. He's been running down the slot and really working on his hands because everybody wanted to talk about Zeke being this potential passing threat when he wasn't really a natural catcher. He really fought the ball. Tony Pollard's a more natural catcher than he is. Mm-hmm. But I agree with Dalton, man. Zeke came out and he was he was playing nice. I mean, did they use him too much? Yeah, but he was still, you know, in the first first half, he was getting five four point eight almost five yards per carry on average. So that, you know, and he credit to him, he raved me he raved me this is the best shape he's been in since before he was drafted, honestly, in my opinion. And Mike, who's a player that stood out to you on the offensive side of the ball in a in a good way? In a good way, uh, Gallup. Gallup was tearing Ramsey up all all night long. Anybody they put Gallup on, he was he was just eating him up. And then he gets called for that ticky tack penalty, which is the life of the life of Michael Gallup. How many how many touchdowns and yards has that man been screwed over over the years by holding penalties or a block in the back on the other side of a field or a snap, you know, just just nonsense where he just gets these huge chunk plays erased off the board. And that's gotta be frustrating for him, you know, and like he came in this year with his head on fire. Nobody talks about him. I mean, you could turn on the TV right now and want any one of these channels and none of the talking heads we even know Michael Gallup's on the Cowboys and yeah. that's got to be frustrating. If you know, they, they talk about CD lamb. Oh, everybody wants to talk about CD lamb. Everybody wants to talk about Michael Cooper, Marty Cooper. Nobody wants to talk about Michael Gallup, but he went out there and ball. And yeah, he, he just seemed to pick up right where he left off after an 1100 yard season and averaging mm-hmm. 15 yards per reception. And um, I, I, I seem to think, I, I, I think he's going to actually have the opportunity to repeat what he did last year, maybe not 1,100 yards, but I think he's going to really easily threaten for a thousand as well. He's uh, the drops. Yeah. yeah, and and last night, according to Pro Football Focus, they only had two drops, and both of those were by Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Um, <coughs> you know, you know, you could you could argue the Amari Cooper, you know, catch where Jalen Ramsey kind of stuck it to him might have been a drop. Um, who you know. Again, Man, subjective. I hit, stuff, with, but... I hit him with the drop when he's just taken. I, granted, we don't have the 22 yet because the NFL is a communist regime and they won't let us have our freedom. But <laughs> that, when that ball slapped Amari Cooper in the side, you're the number one wide receiver. You just taking a jog across the middle of the field. What's going? What are you doing, man? Get your get, yeah. get your head in the game. That's it. May have not been a, a drop, but what are you doing? Yeah. You know, that it, it was the only guy that was open from the broadcast. Uh, you know, view. Yeah, so. there's there's not a stat for what in the world, but I feel like there needs to be one because that's a what in the world moment. You know, if you're a wide receiver, you're always tight. You need to be looking for the football, especially if you're going over the middle at some point. But anyway, you know, so we, we spent a quite a bit of time talking about the offense and, you know, there's a, so much more that we could dig into. Obviously, the offensive line was not as good as it needed to be. But let's flip over to the defensive line or the defensive side of the football. It started off slow. And again, we talked about it. The, it looked a lot like the 2018 divisional game. Uh, but I felt like after the first quarter, things started to kind of settle in for the Dallas Cowboys quite a bit. Uh, obviously, they had the the Rams had the long drive in the second half that didn't really go well for the Cowboys. Uh, but Dalton, give me some of your takeaways from what what we saw from the defense on on Sunday night. Um, it looked like the same type of soft zone schemes that we've seen in the past from a cover three or you know predominantly cover three team. I was expecting for them to come in and look a lot like the uh, New Orleans Saints defense where we saw a lot of too high. We saw a lot of man and zone match concepts where we're not just, you know, letting guys cross our face. We're carrying them across. 
were communicating and really closing throwing windows. And we just didn't do that. Um, and on top of that, we weren't, you know, really uh, staying in our zones to begin with against play action. We were really biting hard. And those little areas and flats were just wide open. And, and you know, Mike went through the numbers earlier. And that those types of things killed us because at the end of the day, Jared Goff had the lowest the lowest average intended air yards of any quarterback this week at 4.3 air yards an attempt. That is pathetic. And they were just able to drive it up and down the field against us because we had issues tackling and we had issues staying in our zone responsibilities or our man responsibilities. It was just another undisciplined game from, uh, honestly, a bunch of undisciplined players defensively now i thought that alden smith off of the streets has he was a good at car game. last year yes he had a great game uh, especially for his first game back in five years um and i thought that chino Ouzier, he had the interception um and i thought that overall he played pretty well from what i could see now all 22 will tell us more but he looked pretty good to me yeah, it's nice for Chidobi Awuzie to actually get a little bit of luck because that ball was kind of thrown right at him. And it was more like a, oh, hey, that ball's right there. I did not expect that ball to come right at me. You know, whereas, you know, maybe Jordan Lewis has gotten that kind of luck in the last couple of years. It's good to see Cheeto get a little bit of love from the, the football gods. Um, Mike, give us your impressions of the defense. Cheeto balled out, man. 40% completion percentage. What else do you want from the guy? You got a pick, you know. Hell of a game there. And then I thought Trevon, Trevon Diggs had a good game. Now he yeah. got – I mean, you Cooper Cup dropped that ball into a golf cup from 50 yards out. They, I don't know. He couldn't have played that much better. He, that just sucks that he got burnt. But on the other side of the field, and this – we had – once again, we don't have the 22. It looked like Xavier Woods let up for that when that ball was still in the air. Dan Jefferson hadn't caught that ball yet. And if it, for some reason he doesn't go down or step out of bounds, that's a house call. And, you know, we talked last time we talked, I was worried about the safety play. Darian Thompson goes out there. I think he missed six tackles in one play, you know, just some, just some crazy stuff. He, he was absolutely terrible. And they had, they activated Brandon Carr and he's just, he didn't play one snap. Yeah. That didn't make sense. You can't tell me. I mean, could he be worse? I mean, he said he was in shape. Get him a couple reps because whatever they were trotting out there was not working. And then our worst fear, LBE gets hurt. You know, hurt yeah. guys stay hurt. And unfortunately, it kind of seems like LBE is a hurt guy. People say, you know, there was a freak accident. Why don't they say that stuff about Sean Lee too? And look how much time that dude's missed. Right. So that 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 worries me. And it worries me even more because Jalen can't play without LBE covering for him. And LBE looked bad. Before he got, before he even got hurt, he they the linebackers were still in the spin cycle. The Dalton takes when they bite that on that eye candy, and they couldn't pull out of it. They still don't know how to read play action, and it's if you can't read play action, how are you going to play in the twenty in the year twenty twenty? Unless yeah. you're playing against the Cowboys, you know, using eight reps a game, you'll be all right. Or the New York Giants, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, the yeah, just. It's it's really interesting and a little bit frustrating to see um, premium picks, you know, placed on Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith, and not really get much return out of them. You know, and I want to believe, and I'm I'm an optimist, um, and I want to believe that things are going to be okay with Leighton Vander Esch, but collarbones, the clavicle when you fracture that, it just creates another opportunity to fracture it. I mean, you're 
you know, we saw it with, you know, like a guy like Sam Bradford, you know, quarterbacks aren't supposed to be taking a lot of hits where they can break their clavicle. Well, Sam he broke Bradford his several times. Parts. <laughs> hey, now stop it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I just think it's, it's just unfortunate, you know, that, that we can't get a healthy linebacker core and we can't get anybody that can play consistently when Joe Thomas is probably your, your most reliable and consistent linebacker. I mean, this is not against Joe Thomas. That just says a lot about your, your linebacking group. Um, I, I also think Trayvon Diggs had an excellent game for a rookie. He played a hundred percent of the snaps. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. That never would have happened in the previous regime. And it, and it just showed that he, and Brian brought said it today on, on Twitter that he just looked like he belonged. And, you know, he did, he, he was there to, to play the ball and he almost came down with the interception himself. He just yep. timed the jump a little bit wrong. On that Van Jefferson play, he damn, he almost well, snagged. He almost snagged that ball. Yeah, I mean, and then there was the one where I think it was on a batted pass, and the ball was just up in the air for what seemed like forever, and just kind of mistimed that jump, and it mm-hmm. fell incomplete. But just really, really encouraging signs. Now they're going to have a big test coming up this weekend. But before we get to that, um, talk to me a little bit about the defensive line, Dalton. What? Did, how did you feel like the defensive line played overall? Um. <laughs> Not great. Um, I actually, I, I do want to give a shout out to Tristan Hill because he looked like a serviceable football player last yeah, year on, on Sunday night, which is something that I certainly was not expecting. Um, we had heard good things out of camp, uh, you know, for, for his performance in camp. And, you know, honestly, there were a couple plays where he just looked like he was trying harder than anybody else on the football field. And that's what you want to see from a young guy who really, really struggled. I mean, he could have put his head down last year like Taco did and yeah. just given up, just just quit. And And he didn't. And I really do want to give him credit for that. Now, he still has a long way to go, but he's a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Um, Emerson Griffin was a non-factor. I, I don't remember him at all. Uh, Tank had the batted down pass and the one pressure on golf's little rollout. Um, but other than that, like he just, he, Tank does what he does. He gets double teamed. Um, and he's a, a good enough edge rusher to where he will command a double team, but he's not a good enough or an elite enough edge rusher to be beating double teams. Hmm. Um, now that freed up a guy like Alden Smith, who I, I thought played really well. Um, I didn't think Antoine Woods was completely outmatched, even though he is a 300-pound nose tackle for this football team that's trying to force him to two-gap. Like, that's not his game. He can't really do that all that well. Um, and so I'm worried about that. Uh, Tyrone Crawford got blown off the ball multiple times. He's just – he's a 280-pound guy playing three technique right now um and don terry poe our 340 pound guy who was supposed to plug gaps got blown off the ball as well um and so yeah overall i wasn't real happy with the defensive line i felt like you know there were times where they were able to get pressure but on the whole when you have a secondary that is young and inexperienced and just overall not very good that defensive line has to be really good like we see with the washington football team and this team just doesn't have it. So they're, they're going to struggle defensively this year. They just, they just will. Yeah. It's, it's pretty unfortunate because I think there were a lot of high hopes and I think there's still some potential for this pass rush to be pretty good. But um, like you said, the interior is going to, it's going to struggle aside from maybe Tristan Hill. If Tristan, you know, Tristan Hill was your best interior defender on Sunday night and that's, that's a good thing for him, but it also says a lot about the rest of your interior defensive line. Uh, Mike, Tell me what has to get better 
moving forward, especially heading into week two where they face the Atlanta Falcons on the defensive side of the football? You have to tackle. You have to get, you have to tackle. I mean, they, they even missed the, the, when your defensive linemen are missing tackles, you're having, you're having issues. And, you know, Aunt Whitworth was, uh, I think he was the fourth, you know, PFF grades are trash and yada, yada, but I think he was a fourth ranked left tackle in the league. And, you know, we heard all this noise about, you know, the, the Rams line supposed to be trash. It's their turnstiles and this, that, and the other. Well, kind of seemed like that was the other way around. Um, Cowboys offensive line was the wet toilet paper. And if we can't figure out a way to get pressure to make up for your lack of safety play, it's going to be a long day in the sun versus that offense. And Matt Ryan may or may not be washed. You know, who knows? He's 116 years old, but he still could have, you know, these quarterbacks against this Cowboys defense tend to have, you know, these anomaly days. We could, you know, we went out there last year and made Jeff Driscoll look like a Pro Bowl quarterback. So, I've, it, they've got to figure something out. They were they were below average across the board on pass pre- on pressures according to next gen stats. I'm, Meanwhile, yeah, I'm pretty sure Matt Ryan threw for like 450 this past week against Seattle Ooh, too. See? They, and they, see, they let Hus cook and they got into a yep, they got into a shootout. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm kind of at this point where I'm tired of hearing about um, whether or not teams can tackle well based on training camp. And whether because they don't tackle much in training camp, because the Los Angeles Rams, they came out and they tackled. Like, that looked like a team that practiced tackling all summer long in, in two a days uh, at a high school football field or something like that, rolled around in the mud, because they came out and they were hitting, they were wrapping up and tackling soundly every single play, uh, except for Zeke, because it's just people just can't tackle Zeke. Um, but yeah, as we're mentioning, you know, <laughs> Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, even Hayden Hurst making plays for the Atlanta Falcons. The Dallas Cowboys have a huge challenge coming to town this weekend. Um, Dalton, what what can they do to slow them down? Is there any way to slow them down? Do the Dallas Cowboys have any hope of slowing down the Atlanta Falcons offense? No. Uh, the way to slow down the Falcons offense is to get down big early. I just at this point with with what I saw this past week I can't have much faith in the defense I just can't it's we're gonna have to start getting into burger town and start flipping some burgers is what's gonna have to happen we we need to rush in there the whole team and start grilling up some burgers that's that's the only way Uh, honestly I with Julio and Ridley and Hurst I mean who's gonna cover Hayden Hurst it ain't gonna be. It ain't gonna be Anthony Brown, and it's not gonna be you know uh, Darian Thompson. It might be Xavier Woods, but then you don't have any safety help on the back end. Like, I just that we don't have enough talent. I mean, the the most that we can hope for is that Brendan Carr starts for this football team next week. Because Brendan Carr, one thing that he is very very good at is covering tight ends. Because guess what? He was a cornerback who lost a little of his athleticism and switched to safety. He can still cover. And when he's covering unathletic guys, he's really good at it. So mm-hmm. play him. Yeah. Was it was it nine games he had last year at strong safety? They moved when he he switched right about the middle of the season, right? Yeah, I don't have the the game yeah, totals, it was but yes, around there. Hold on, I can try to get up uh, PFF real quick. Yeah, yeah, but he was you know he was very effective at it whenever he did start at strong safety for the Ravens. But Xavier uh, Woods and Daryl really had a hundred percent completion percentage against. So. Um, 
I don't know which one of those guys you want covering Hayden Hurst, but you better get Brandon Carr on the field. Yeah, and and you need to. And um, I, I won't get into how frustrated I was to see Daryl Worley playing ten yards off the line of scrimmage on third and five. Uh, they said play action. They're terrified of it. They watch, can't read it. Yeah, and your yeah. linebackers can't cover. It's a whole thing. Right. And do you think that the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, Mike, is going to have any hope of stopping Tack McKinley? And the Falcons' defensive not front. If, not if they, not if they do the same crap they did Sunday, where they line up, play man-on-man football. You, you know, pre-snap motion on four percent of your plays, and not using play action when your quarterback absolutely slays. He was, I think, he was the second best play action quarterback in the league last year, next to Kirk Cousins. And you come out, and you do none of that. You don't, and your offensive line is struggling. How are you going to help them out? Look at the Rams' offensive line is arguably worse than the Cowboys, if not it's on the same tier. And they help their guys out by taking the eye candy, running somebody across the back, take CD in motion, take somebody in motion, do something to make it seem like you're not just coming up the B-gap and here we come, or here comes here comes a little hitch route short of the sticks. It, it, you, you've got to figure out something. It, it honestly felt like that offense, even the defense, the whole team just kind of came out towards that game, like let's get through here, let's nobody get hurt, and then we'll have you know juice boxes back at the house, which – you know, there was a lot of bad football this week. But, you know, so maybe they were one of the teams that just have bad football. But there was a lot of teams that played really, really well. You know, we just got through talking about Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson. And, you know, Mahomes had an off day. People have off days, but they've got to do something to help this offensive line out. You can't just line up and butt heads like it's 2016 because those guys are gone. They've been gone for quite some time. And – Dalton, you know, do you think that this is going to be an area that the Dallas Cowboys could actually take advantage of? We saw Russell Wilson really play well, and they, they let him sling it around. If the Dallas Cowboys decide to come out and go with what they did in the first half in a 60%, 70% pass rate, do you think the Dallas Cowboys could actually take advantage of the Falcons' defense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even with the the lower first down passing rate, it, it, they ended up having 15 uh, first down passes uh, first and 10 passes, 15 first and 10 passes. They average nine and a half yards per attempt. Just, just throw the football. Just just do it. I mean, I, I don't know really what else to say. They had an 86% success rate. So they got f- at least five yards on first down 86% of the time. That is 13 out of the 15 attempts. They had at least five yards. So, I, like, yeah, absolutely. Just Just throw the ball more on first down. Use play action. Use just a little bit of misdirection and a little bit of pre-snap motion. Like guys, I'm not asking for a lot. Just do it a little. Just have a have a, a formation that you want to be in at the snap of the ball, and have a wide receiver line up on the other side of the field when you come out of the huddle. So guess what that does? That at least tells you if it's going to be, or it gives you a better idea for the quarterback whether it is going to be man or zone. Just simple things like that. It's it's really that easy. Imagine helping your quarterback out. Yeah, it's and, and that's that's probably maybe the biggest frustrating frustration from this week's game is that we expected more from the head coach and the offensive coordinator to game plan uh, and put a plan in place that was going to help Dak Prescott out a little bit more. And um, you know they just didn't seem to do that. Uh, Mike, based on what we saw out of Alden Smith in his first game, do you think this is a guy that could threaten for a comeback player of the year, maybe 10 sacks, double-digit sacks? Yeah, Alex Smith suited up, didn't he? 
Yeah. That's your comeback player of the year. That's there's nothing yeah. you can do. There's, there's nothing you can do about that. But yeah, he will, right. you know, maybe what, can they slide him in on most improved or something? But if he plays like that for the rest of the year, I mean, you got a David Irving who actually cares about football. So, I mean, he's a he was he's, he was an absolute beast out there. Like he hasn't played in half a decade, and he just comes out there and just was obliterate. Well, compared to everybody else, he was obliterating people. So nobody was doing anything. And yeah, it was really, really impressive. It's exactly what you would want to see, like we like we hope to see out of him. We hope to see, you know, something of the same with Everson Griffin, but he was on a milk cart. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and Dalton, give me one player before we wrap up here on Inside the Cowboys. Give me one player that's got to be better week two against the Atlanta Falcons. Who? Zach Martin. Zach Martin's got to be better. Grady Jarrett is. He's not Aaron Donald, but that man is no slouch. Mm -hmm. um, you can help on the outside uh, against Tack McKinley with, with uh, Steele. You can help out that a lot easier than you can help out the interior. Zach Martin is our all-pro, all-world offensive guard. He's got to play better. Yeah, and, and Mike, how about you? Who's, a, who's one player that has to be better against the Atlanta oh, Falcons in week two? Oh, kind of snipe me. I could go with the other guard, but I feel like that's cheating because Connor Williams <laughs> had a bad day in the sun too. Yeah. Tyron Smith, had a, uh, he was decent in pass pro, but it, he whiffed quite a few times. If they're going to be running the ball like that, he, he can't get – when they have those pulls and he has to get to the second level, he can't do that anymore. And they're asking a lot of that dude. He's still fantastic in pass pro. So if one of those – honestly – uh, Blake Bell, he's going to be the key to that game if they can't get Tyron the the guards right because he's going to have to stay inside, kind of like a fullback, and help chip Grady Jarrett when they got to go in obvious passing downs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for me, the guy that's got to be better is Anthony Brown. I think with so much focus going to be paying uh, toward Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley on the outside, Anthony Brown's got to be better. He's going to be on an island a lot this week, and uh, Russell Gage he had a he had a really nice week for the Atlanta Falcons too, and so. Uh, Anthony Brown's going to have his work cut out for him, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Julio and Calvin Ridley line up in the slot at times uh, for Matt Ryan and the Falcons. And um, if Anthony Brown is left alone there often, it's going to be a long day uh, unless he actually steps up and improves because we've seen him in, in the past be a pretty decent cover corner out of the slot, uh, but he's going to have to step up for the Dallas Cowboys to, to improve. Uh, do you guys have any idea how this game is going to turn out? Give me a bold prediction for week two, Mike. You're going to have to score at least 30 to win. You can't come out there and score 17. We need some burgers because Atlanta's got firepower. you got to take Trayvon Diggs and tape him to Calvin Ridley and hope for the best. And Dalton, tell me, over or under 300 passing yards for Dak Prescott? Over. I'm taking the over. Mike? If, they, if he doesn't throw over 300, we lose the game. Unless, unless you have one of those weird weeks where the running backs, you know, go for a buck fifty apiece and they just can't stop the run, which would be strange with Grady Jarrett there. But yeah. We'll see. And Mike, uh, Dak Prescott combined touchdowns over under three. Over. Dalton? He's going to get two on the ground. Oh, I wish you would make that two and a half. Or <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's right on three. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, does Trayvon Diggs get his first interception this week, Mike? Yes. Dalton? Ryan, no. You up. no, he does not. How many yards for Julio Jones in week two, Dalton? 79. 
Mike. Can I cheat? Who's covering him? No, you can't cheat. You just got to – no context. Uh, man, he might go for a buck fifty. Who has more yards, Michael Gallup or Calvin Ridley, Mike? Michael Gallup. Um, Michael Gallup. Who has more sacks, the Falcons or the Cowboys? Mike. I think they tie. I don't think they're uh, – Cowboys, redemption game, redemption game. I'm going to put faith in you one more week. Don't let me down. <laughs> You're right. Cowboys. Don't let him down. Yeah, Cowboys. All right, more rushing yards. Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, Dalton. Ezekiel Elliott. Mike? Todd Gurley. Oh. No, I just want to say Todd Gurley and Gruden Boys. It's good to see. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, uh, Jalen Smith, tackles for loss. More or less than one and a half? Mike? Way less. Way less than one and a half. Tackles for loss? More. Yeah. More. All right. And uh backup tight end, Dalton Schultz will probably be making his first start of the game. Uh Dalton, under, how many whatever it is. It's uh, under. everything's it's under. Drops. I, I hope it's drops, it's under. under. <laughs> oh yeah, if it's dropped, it's under. <laughs> okay, then how about this? Percentage of ten personnel or twenty personnel. Is it more or less than seventy percent? Ten or twenty personnel. Oh, it's way under seventy. They'll they'll run seventy percent eleven personnel. Mike. No, I think we'll see a lot of two back. Yeah. Under. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time and joining me on the show today. This has been Inside the Cowboys. We've had Mike White and Dalton Miller. Make sure you go follow them on Twitter. Go check out Dalton's work at the Pro Football Network. And this has been Inside the Cowboys. We'll catch you next week. Ooh.